welcome to Middies Witties. What a week. It is extremely difficult in the weeks that I am trying to get the episodes of Substance <laughs> done and then have to switch right into current events. Add that to the fact that we have another vacation in our home and so the evenings are not as downtime as they usually are but here we are we'll get it done better late than never and we'll quickly go through each thing this week has been full of ups and downs I can tell you that um, it's been a fairly decent week, but I woke up the one morning from a message overnight that a former colleague of mine had um, suddenly passed away. And man, like that would take it right out of you. I, I just could not. I had talked to him mere days ago um, and things were good. Um, so it just goes to show you that, you know, life can be so full of ups and downs. Life can be hard. Life can be fragile. Um, man, don't take anything for granted. And if there's something that you want to say to somebody, if you want to let somebody know how much they've influenced you, oh, take the opportunity to do that. I mean, and I did that a little bit, but I wish I would have told him how encouraging he was to me. Um, man, and a part of who I am today is because of his guidance. Um, his his statement was always, you rock. So if I submitted a grant or if I submitted paperwork or even when I didn't rock, he, he was encouraging and, and always said, you rock. And um, so hopefully I can be as encouraging to somebody else as he was to me. And you know, it doesn't say, it, no, nowhere does it say that life is going to be easy. In fact, we get plenty of indications that life is going to be difficult. Um, but we just have to muddle through. We have to jump right back up and, uh, and keep on going. So let's try to get right into the week of the news. Okay, we are going to start with the war on Christianity that we have. <clears throat> We've talked about this before. We had the two situations in Canada. Um, there was a preacher arrested in the UK this week. We saw situations here in America as well. California barely got permission for prayer meetings in their own homes. Um, and there... I mean, the red flags are everywhere. And then right before I'm going to finish recording this, there was another pastor arrested in a not-so-nice, calm way either. Um, drug him off by all fours in Canada and charged with inciting people to go to church. This is just terribly sad. <clears throat> We know that their new religion is scientism. We've talked about that before. And I read an article um, this week on another, another route that they seem to be going down, and that is transhumanism. It's a very scary article. I'm just going to go through some highlights. Um, it is an article 
by, forgot his name, let me get to the back, uh, Joe Allen. And the article is called Transhumanist, Aim to Replace God with Machines Through Digital Immortality. Tech companies are selling the idea of digital resurrection. That's only a problem if we're dumb enough to buy it. So I highlighted just some areas of this article. If you want to look it up and read it, it's a it's a pretty interesting, scary article. But transhumanists have hyped the new religion of high technology for decades now. Ultimately, they hope to replicate the fabric of ourselves in cyberspace where we can all live happily ever after. That is, until the electricity goes out. A recent paper by Russian tran- transhumanist Alex Turchin argues this digital resurrection is not only possible, but necessary to reach our full potential. We just need enough power, both computational and electric, to create a virtual afterlife and then keep it running. Um, That's crazy. The concept behind digital resurrection goes back to the ship of thesis paradox, articulated by the ancient Greeks. Imagine you have a huge wooden ship. You gradually replace the rotten boards with new board, new wood, plank, plank, plank by plank. Eventually, every old part has been replaced by something new. It's not the same ship as before, only better. Transhumanists seek to do the same with the human personality. Every neuron will be replaced by networked processors and then some. To preserve himself for future immortality, Turchin submits the details of his life to to ubiquitous surveillance. In addition to keeping a trivia-packed diary, he records every conversation, videotapes his behaviors, and wears an EEG headset while making art or listening to music. He has faith that one day, some godlike all will use this tedious information to resurrect him. Turchin is hardly alone in this endeavor. For many, it's been part of the new normal since before the new normal. In line with Turchin's methodology, a digital immortality industry has emerged to monitor every aspect of your life. Their services, as advertised, will create a lasting imprint of your earthly persona for friends and family to enjoy when you're gone. Startups with names like Attorney.me, Replica, Dead Social, and Deep Nostalgia are working hard to recreate deceased loved ones from photographs, home videos, personal diaries, intimate letters, secondhand antidotes, and of course, online tracking technology. Replica offers uh, an app that probes living subjects to get at the core of their personality. For a modest price, price, this data is correlated with the subject's physical attributes and can you then can speak to the bereaved from beyond the grave. Just open your laptop and there's your late grandma insisting you have another plate of chicken casserole. Transhumanists typically deny the existence of a stable spiritual self that's distinct 
from brain activity. When the body dies, that soul will disappear. That's why creating an electronic backup is so important. Augmentation will make Grandma 2.0 smarter and less whimsical. These technocratic delusions are only a problem to the extent we're forced to participate. That's not the world they're creating, though. The insidious elements of their techno-cult, from materialistic self-obsession to ubiquitous surveillance, have crept into our daily lives for decades now. Consider the widespread adoption of monitored electronic communication. Today, it's routine to drive a few blocks to the grocery store. But in olden times, that idea was that our most intimate letters could be intercepted, analyzed, and added to detail a person, a personal dossier kept by tech executives and government agents to be used at their pleasure. In the blink of an eye, we saw the rapid migration of personal interaction to social media. It's now normal to document a child's life for public consumption by total strangers. For many, the privacy barriers have already been broken down. We've made ourselves vulnerable. The craziest part is that most have enjoyed it. The next steps in this supposedly inevitable process are not just over the horizon. After years of stops and starts, Virtual reality will soon be as commonplace as a television set. Many youngsters already idolize virtual influencers who dance across their touchscreens. These bubblegum apparitions are elaborate, entirely fictitious pop stars made from scratch by devious programmers. Some kids have no clue they're not real people. For years now, men of fighting age have retreated into video games. Would-be mothers are using dating apps to run out the biological clock. In all of this, we see an increasing detachment from the real world of visceral struggle, heartbreak, and redemption. Without these challenges, people don't develop character or deep social bonds. Technocracy is being normalized at an alarming pace. One of the darker tenets of the techno-cult is that their innovations are necessary for survival. Anyone who chooses to reject body modification, cognitive enhancement, or mind uploading will be like job applicants who come to an interview with no smartphone or social media account. They'll get left in the dust. Until then... We'd be wise to build high fences as nature takes its course. We're still free to choose our own paths. Um, it's definitely a spiritual conflict. You know, I don't... I, geez. And I would have told you that this was actually crazy not too long ago, but it is not. He brought up somebody at work that used an app to basically recreate somebody that they loved and he said it was crazy you know it, it was like weird freaks you out but um yeah no it's not some crazy thought it's actually happening further proof that um we have a war on christianity going on as if we needed any further proof but we have it joe biden the supposed devout catholic released his proclamation on the national day of prayer this week 
He doesn't mention God not once. He mentions climate change and racial justice. The thing was pathetic, but not surprising. I'm not surprised by this. Some people still think that he is a um, a devout Catholic. Uh, he is anything but. On top of that, pastors were denied the permit for the um, National Day of Prayer at the United States Capitol building for the first time in 70 years. Denied on the National Day of Prayer. If you're shocked by this, you haven't been paying attention. If you voted for this, you need to do some serious soul searching. It's only going to get worse. You know, I told you uh, in the beginning of this, there was another pastor arrested in Canada and in not a nice way. They carried him, arrested him in the middle of the highway, carried him by all fours, and he was charged with inciting people to go to church. Don't be fooled into thinking we don't need to worry about it. It's just Canada. We have all the signs right here in our own country, that this is the direction that we are headed in. The red flags are everywhere. Will we stand up? Preachers are being arrested. And like I said, don't be sued that that's, that's in Canada. That would be foolish to, to think that way. We have thugs roaming our streets in this country who get better treatment They're just allowed to do it. In Texas, plus all of the other states, you know, Portland, Oregon, Minnesota, this isn't just a problem in those areas anymore. Texas. And the cops let them do it. This should concern everyone more than people who aren't getting vaccinated. We this this should be what we are seeing on the news every night. There will come a day when we will wish that we had paid more attention to the red flags right in front of our faces. I'm going to just move right along here. This week is not going to be anything fancy. I'm late as it is. (laughs) Integrity is everything. And that statement is true in everything, especially elections. And boy, are they in wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat mode. They want you to think that this audit in Arizona is such a bad thing. And it's kind of funny to hear them panicking, calling this audit stupid, calling it all kinds of names, using intimidation. There is a forensic audit with canvassing going on in Arizona, making sure that all the names and addresses and everything is in proper, it's everything is proper. They're not using vacant addresses. They're not using empty buildings, um, that kind of thing. And yes, they are doing an analysis on the machines. And I'm not a machine. I think there were plenty of problems otherwhere. I listened to hours and hours and hours of testimony of people who had crazy, would show up to vote, couldn't vote because somebody already did, all kinds of problems. But they're doing an analysis on the machines. And they had to admit in Maricopa County during this that the county 
election board did not have an admin access to those machines. They didn't know the passwords. So who the heck did? (laughs) They had no control over those machines during the election. So who did? Who did know those passwords? Yeah, the company that owns the machines that we're not allowed to speak about. I have a feeling by the time this is done, a lot of people are going to owe Mike Lindell an apology for thinking he is a crazy man because it's turning out that there are problems with the the machines. But back to the forensic audit and canvassing, the most important thing is the canvassing, not the count. You can recount as many times as you want to and if things are done wrong, you're going to get the same number. Yes, because you're just recounting the troubled ballots. When you canvas, it isn't just a recount. You're checking names. You're checking names with addresses. You're checking to make sure everybody was alive. You're checking to make sure everybody was should have been voting that voted. Finding out if we have ghost voters, illegal voters, if people voted in more than one state. That is what a canvassing is, and that is what happened, that's what's happening, and that is why they are panicking. If you have nothing to hide, why not just let the audit go forward and not mess with it? Yeah, because they know. Listen, the census revealed that we may have less people in the country than they counted votes. You have to figure that out. It should not be controversial to say that. We have to figure this out. And thinking otherwise is is not smart. What are they so worried about? All eyes are on Arizona, but realize there are similar things going on in New Hampshire, in Michigan, and other places. There were problems. Them trying to insert their DOJ into a state jurisdiction... That's the panic. They are in full panic. Here are the facts. There were a number of states where unelected judges, bureaucrats, were writing, rewriting election law in real time using COVID as an, ex- as an excuse. Why is that wrong? Because election law is to go through the state legislatures, not judges. And PA is a good example of where that occurred in. There was others, but PA is an extreme example of that. There were numerous instances of chain of custody problems with the ballots. On election night, we had a counting process, we had a pause, and then we had another counting process. We have to figure out why. Representatives and poll poll watchers who were not allowed to view the counting process you there are supposed to be observers from both sides allowed in to watch the counting process that's the law there's a reason for that so that no funny business happens so why was one side not allowed to watch there were dead voters Addresses were used where there is nothing or just an abandoned building. It must be fixed. We cannot just let this go. Transparency is good. What 
are they so afraid of? Continue to stay steady. Don't get wrapped up in their antics in the way that they're, you know, saying that this is not being done right, that, you know, they're they're coming up. And I told you last week, I'm half afraid of the distractions that we are going to have coming. Just pray for the volunteers um, and the workers out there. I, this, that's a lot of pressure to have to, to go under. All right, moving on. Um, I believe that it was settled this week that um, Liz Cheney is on her way out. I thought she was on her way out before. She ended up having the votes to survive. I do not think she is going to dis- survive this vote. Um, I can't say that the person they're replacing her with is any better. I don't know. She's going to have to prove herself in that manner, but it does look like it will be Elise Stefanik. There's a lot about her I do not care for. Um, she is not as pro-life as I would like her to be, but, uh, she's going to have to prove herself. And, you know, I think anything is better than Liz Cheney at this point that we cannot have, we just cannot have people like Liz Cheney, um, going on and saying the things she does, she is saying about her own, she's not representing Wyoming and she is not representing all of us she's just not um you know and and the the Bush Cheney era era is over and we all need to move on and you know she'll land just fine she's got plenty of money and plenty of uh corporate people that um she'll land just fine so we'll see what happens this week I believe they're voting uh, on Wednesday. So we'll know more on the next episode and we'll see how Elise Stefanik, um, measures up. I don't know. I've seen things about her. I like, I've seen things about her. I don't care for, she's going to have to prove herself next this week. We saw that the, um, birth rate decreased dramatically. I'm not surprised by that either. Decades of pushing abortion, encouraging selfish behavior that destroys families is biting us in the rear end right now. So sad, but that's exactly what they wanted. Um, And that's not going to get any better, I don't think, especially with the way things are right now. I I hope it does. I hope it does. I got to tell you, being... Being a mother is absolutely a wonderful experience. The jobs numbers came came in, and being a father, too, I don't want to pass up on that. You'll get your day. You'll get your day in June. <laughs> Leave us moms alone. Um, the jobs numbers, they, they were expecting 1 million. They came in under 300,000. They were more than a little off. And of course, they uh, have all kinds of excuses for that. But this is the this is the trend that we're going to see. Um, you know, they don't want to talk about it, but we can't keep spending the way we're spending and borrowing the way we're borrowing and not have consequences to that. You know, in your own household, if you do that, eventually that comes crashing down. And that's exactly what's going to happen here eventually when they um it this cannot continue at this level there will be a correction um i kind of think that they'll keep it stimulated trying to not have that crash happen um before the 2022 um cycle election cycle 
but we shall see if the uh, if everything can hold out until then if they can throw enough money at it to to keep that from happening i don't know i i kind of think that they will try to keep borrowing and throwing money we'll see and then he comes out and says if you make more than if you make less than $400,000 your taxes won't go up uh, but guess what <laughs> All right, maybe maybe they will make some way that accurate. I don't think so. But in the process, lumber will continue to go up, copper wire will go up, PVC pipe will go up, gas will go up, heating fuel will go up, energy cost will go up, groceries will go up. I can tell you that I, when going to the grocery store, I am already seeing that. I have typical the typical stuff that I buy. I know the typical total that it is, and I'm spending twenty to twenty five dollars more each time that I go. And I have a little cushion that I can do that, but there's there, there are people that can't, and that's what there. That's where you're gonna see stuff going up. You know, we face some pretty dark times ahead, and no one wants to admit that. I understand that, but. We do. Eventually, this is going to come crashing down. And uh, all we can do is just pray about it and try to stay as um, in the know as we can and make better decisions um, trying to prepare for that. I know I'm late this week. I know there is uh, there are no segments. We just kind of went through it quickly. That's probably how next week's will be, too, um, from a remote location. And, um, but we will, I will get an episode in. It just might be late, just like this one was. In closing, first, enjoy Mother's Day. Enjoy Mother's Day. Um, man, it's a wonderful thing. There's, there, there are lots of things that I regret and being a mother is not one of them. They are the absolute best things, best of everything. Uh, even on the rough days when I am not as happy with them as I'd like to be. Um, but goodness, there's not a better feeling in the world. And to all the the stepmoms that are stepping up, um, to to them, to fur moms, to um, people that are just um, a good, solid influence in a child's life, whether they're yours or they're not yours. You know, it takes a village. It really does take a village. Second, the second thing I think that we can do is start paying close attention to what kids are watching and how much screen time they have. And not only the kids, us. It's very easy to get into that trap. A perfect example, I went to dinner with one of my friends. There was a table uh, to the right of us. It was a guy and two very young children. And those children were so well-behaved. They did not have any devices. He was not on his phone. They were interacting. It was so nice to see those kids so well-behaved. The little girl wanted to get up and move over with him and then get back in the high chair and then, but, okay, but that, so well-behaved. And then right 
Behind them in the next booth, there was a family of four, a man, a woman, and two young kids, also just like those kids. All four of them sat at dinner that entire time with devices. In the, they even had cases to where they could stand them up and nobody spoke to one another. Um, just, nah, nah, be the, be the, the guy that was alone with those two well-behaved children. It is absolutely possible. Limit the screen time for all of us. Read with children, get out and get outside and play with them. Go hiking, experience nature, go to the lake Cut the cord with the devices. We all need to get better with cutting the the cord with the devices and soak up the time we have together. As I learned this week, life is fragile. We all learn that all the time. Life is fragile. You can talk to somebody and everything might be okay when you talk to them. They're telling you about their grandkids and how that how much they enjoy them and and they're enjoying retirement and sixty six years old and gone. That's that's the reality is that we don't know how much time we have here on earth, but let's soak up the time we have and enjoy it. I'll talk to you next week. I'm back. <laughs> you thought I was done. I thought I was done. Apparently, I was not done. Andrew brought a few things to my attention that needed to just be clarified and cleared up. Um, I got kind of my words mixed up and confusing. And so I want to make sure that um, just to correct this now, I'll just add this as an edit and we'll move on from here. I don't want to get busy in the week and this week is going to be busy enough. I don't need to worry about um, forgetting to do this. Uh, so here we go. The very first suggestion to clarify, it came about the article about transhumanism, and my words apparently got all mixed up, and I'm going to be good for that. I've made that quite clear. I am definitely not, uh, I am not a perfectionist like Taylor. I try to be accurate, but I, my words, it's, this is, and I've been doing pretty good. Andrew hasn't had any corrections in a while, but I was saying that I would have initially shrugged off this story to begin with and thought, eh, you know. However, Chip, my husband, had a co-worker show him an app that basically was her deceased loved one talking to her as if it were them alive. Um, and I used the word he referring to my husband, and that may have sounded like I was referring to the author of the article, but I wasn't. Of course, the author notes those services as being a part of this transhumanism um, problem, but I was confirming that not only do I, I agree that the author is saying that transhuman in a, transhumanism is bad, it's going to be a bigger problem, and we're going to start seeing more of it. I was confirming that I know what the author is saying to be accurate because Chip has seen the product of one of those apps. And hopefully that, that clarifies it. Um, 
and again, as much as my heart misses so many people, these kind of things are not not the answer. You know, we do not need influencers to push agendas on our children. We, We do not need apps to keep us alive forever. It's just not a good idea. And we need to protect ourselves from that type of um, influencers and apps and any kind of thing that makes us kind of digital, kind of that we'll be here forever. Because we all know the goal is not to be here forever. The second um, clarification, the... The source on the U.S. Census Bureau um, confirming the conflict in total number of votes in 2020, it said that more people voted than reported in the 2020 census data, and the discrepancy was nearly 4 million votes. What I was referring to was um, was reports from both Patriot News and Gateway Pundit. And it is kind of confusingly worded, the article itself was, so I know I probably was confusingly speaking about it. Um, Robert Barnes had a a much better, Andrew brought that to my attention, he had a much better way of explaining it, and so I'm just going to read his tweet to you, and hopefully um, you'll understand it better that way, because clearly I was confusing Census surveys voters each year to determine who voted. Historically, they overestimate the number of voters because people claim they voted who didn't. A really odd thing happened, though, this year. The census counted almost 4 million fewer voters than ballots. So simply put, it found less eligible voters than voters counted. Um, Either way, it it points to the fact that there were clearly problems in the 2020 election, and we have got to figure out those problems before we move forward. There's really no sense in looking forward to 2022 and 2024 if you're not going to address the, the problems that we clearly saw that they do not want us discussing. There's just no way, um, no way around that though. We have to figure it out. And as far as Arizona and if they will get their, um, their canvassing, I know that that's going back and forth in court and I'm not sure that's going to happen or not, but I stand firm that a canvassing, a forensic audit is what we need in several locations. And there are some going on right now, like we talked about in Maricopa County. Um, There are some areas in Michigan that are being looked into, and there are some areas in New Hampshire that are being looked into. But really, you can recount all all you want. If you're not fixing the underlying issues, a recount is just going to give you the same bad total you've got in the first place, if you're not actually looking at exactly if each of those votes that you're counting are legal, if they are using addresses that are current, if they're using um, just unoccupied buildings 
um, there's a whole host of, of problems and canvassing is what is needed. Of course, they are fighting that in court and it will be yet to be seen whether canvassing actually happens or not. I pray it does. I think that it is needed. And before we can move forward and have faith in our system, we've got to have that. So I know they don't like to talk about it. That's all right. I'm going to still talk about it. Okay. Hopefully, we are all done for last week and we look forward to this week. And um, I will talk to you sometime at the, the end of the week. Hopefully you have a good week, everyone. Bye.